You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. You should see me in a crowd. I'm gonna run this nothing tell. Watch me make them bow. It's a brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT companion podcast. It's Anthony and Jacqueline back talking more NXT on the WWE Network and Hulu. And Jacqueline, finally, this long, long weekend of pro wrestling has come to an end. Too much wrestling. Did you, now, I know you said you guys watched WrestleMania over the course of two days. Did you watch, did you watch pretty much everything or did you only watch bits and pieces? I watched pretty much everything. I think I only missed one, maybe two matches. I watched all of it though, including the pre-show. Yeah. And not a lot happened on that pre-show. I saw those battle royales, whatever. (laughs) Yes. That is actually the proper pronunciation. A royale. A royale. Very royal. I'm up, I'm up on my French. I watch Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yes, royales with cheese. Those <laughs> matches were lots of cheese, especially in the, the men's battle royale. Lots of cheese in that one. Yes. Uh, so, but somewhat entertaining. Really fast, what we did not talk about off screen, but I, or off, off, off the air, air, but I feel like it needs to be mentioned. Braun Strowman. Yeah. He's like, he's got a flat tummy. I want to know how he did that while eating 12,000 calories a day. <laughs> Brian, I... tweet me your secrets. <laughs> yes, teach us. <laughs> uh, did you, uh, so outside of, outside of Kofi winning the title, yeah. was there any, we're not going to talk about WrestleMania, but was there like a thing that you liked the most? Because I think kind of universally people are like the Kofi title win is the, the best thing on the show, but. It was phenomenal. I was really happy that they let the demon back. Yeah. You you weren't um, you were you weren't amped to see Doctor of Thugonomics John Cena appear. Oh, I will. So I didn't understand that. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know who that was. But like respect to him for like making fun of himself on yeah. that. So that is <laughs> that was uh, that was John Cena's first real character in WWE. Yeah. So he he originally came in uh, from the developmental system as just John Cena, man in wrestling tights. Uh, okay. He just showed up and he was uh, just John Cena, <laughs> man in <Gotcha>. wrestling tights. Uh, <laughs> and he was okay, but floundering. And yep. as, as the story goes, he was on the verge of losing his job. Uh, He had to do something big until he was on, they were on a bus somewhere going between events. Uh And John has apparently always had like a gift for freestyle, freestyle rapping. Right. I sound so white when I say that, but uh, I can't help it. Uh, So (laughs) uh, just me being me. Uh, So apparently he was doing it on the bus one day in between shows 
And Stephanie McMahon happened to be on the bus at the time, and she was the head writer of SmackDown, which is the show Cena was on, and she happened to be on the bus that day and heard John Cena do it. And she's like, why aren't you doing this on TV? This is amazing. So he became a bad guy, and he was like Eminem, essentially. He would come out and he would just uh, talk trash in rap form about his opponents, and then he would you know kind of cower away. But the thing is, John Cena was so good at it that people eventually loved it. Right. Uh, but then John Cena became so popular that the like, okay, well, this, we can't have this character appeal to children. He's a little too edgy with some of the things he says, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right, so so they PG'd him up. Yeah, he turned into like Lucky Charms John Cena, where he just wore a bunch of bright colors and saluted mm-hmm. and never give up and hustle, loyalty, respect that John Cena. Uh, yeah. And he only broke out this character once when he was going to have a match with The Rock uh, several WrestleManias ago. Oh. He kind of he kind of brought it back to kind of make fun of The Rock with. Uh, but okay. Otherwise, that character has basically been retired. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. When A lot of people are like, oh, it was too cringy. Eh, it was no. good nostalgic fun. He made fun of himself. He, yep, made some, I it. he made some dad jokes. He, you know, he, he called Elias a little shih tzu because he can't yeah. swear on television. Uh, it was really cool. Seeing that and then also knowing that, like, his 600th Make-A-Wish kid was there, I was like, damn, John Cena. Yeah. I don't care if you're a good wrestler. I love you as a person. He made a nuts joke but made sure he was holding a bag of pistachios so no one yeah. would think that he was talking about genitalia, which, of course, he was alluding to. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, it was Other not a great... favorite part of the show? I was oh, going to say, it was not a great show, but I liked Kofi. I liked Thugonomics yes. John Cena. Yes. And it was nice and to Kumail see. And Nanjiani. Oh, that's right. How could I forget Kumail Nanjiani <laughs> with his giant Batista heads and his really <laughs> ugly looking Batista shirt? That was the be- that that made that made the episode. <laughs> honestly, the honestly for real, my second biggest highlight was seeing the trailer for the Stuber movie with Batista yes. and Kumail Nanjiani, a movie I did not even know was had been made. And I'm no. like, look, this isn't going to win Oscars, but it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, so that was that was another highlight for me. It was and also I follow Camille on Twitter, and you yeah. see, and he has a picture of himself just looking really sad as the match is going on. Yes, <laughs> and and it's just really funny. And also, if and also, the, I promise everyone we will talk about NXT. Uh, we're like yeah. six we're minutes there in. Real soon. We're six minutes in. We haven't talked about one NXT oh. thing yet, but. Uh, just one more thing since you brought up Camille Nanjiani. If people have not seen him in the new Twilight Zone, uh, he's in the pilot episode for uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight mm-hmm. Zone on CBS All Access. It's an amazing performance. Like, outstand. Like, people should go watch it. It's incredible. All right. It's on my list. Anywho, NXT, uh, before we talk about TakeOver, we should talk about the what would otherwise be forgotten episodes of NXT UK and NXT proper this week. Uh, so not a lot of stuff happened on NXT no. UK. Uh, Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams, the odd couple tag team beat Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. So I think they're uh, up for a tag title shot against uh, Zach Gibson and James Drake. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
they uh, there was a Kaylee Ray and Isla Dawn match, so a battle of Scottish ladies. Okay. It was pretty good, and Kaylee Ray won. She continues to be very impressive, actually. Is Isla Dawn the, the witch lady? Isla Dawn is, in fact, the white witch, yes. Melisandre? Yes. Okay. Uh... Grizzled Young Vets, as I mentioned earlier, they had uh, a promo in which James Drake does all all the standing and Zach Gibson does all the talking and the crowd booed and pulled their uh, shoes off to signify how much they dislike him. And the main event was a very disappointing Joe Coffey submitting Trent Seven in 15 minutes match. Uh, That match went too long. I really like Trent Seven. Joe Coffey is kind of boring. Uh wasn't pleased uh so uh next week and by the way next week's episode is going to be important because it's going to be the takeover hangover episode which we will skim through and we will probably Jacqueline, uh watch the whole nxt uk episode uh for review mm. next week uh which actually sounds pretty good it'll have the debut of uh piper niven in the ring uh she debuted on tv uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, interrupting Rhea Ripley, but she'll be uh, doing an in-ring debut. Uh, Cassius Ono is going to be taking on Travis Banks, and Gross. Tony Storm is battling Ginny for the NXT UK Women's Championship. So, a big title match. Okay. Uh, which is more than what's going on on the TakeOver Hangover show, which, That's if fair. memory serves, is uh, Street Profits against Eichner and Bartell, Candice LeRae against Aaliyah and Jackson Riker, I think, has a singles match. Two of those sound fantastic, so. Well, Candice LeRae sounds fantastic. Aaliyah, I'm not so big on. Yeah. Uh, but Street Profits and Bartel and Eichner might actually be very good, actually, so. Exactly. That one wouldn't be so bad. Right. Uh, okay. So, NXT proper this last week uh, saw. I think it opened with the the War Raiders taking yeah. on two War. poor souls. Yeah, I felt bad for them. They killed them. Even even on the WWE site, it says War Raiders defeat local competitors. <laughs> they don't even have names. <laughs> local competitors. Uh, maybe maybe those are just their last names. They've just pushed them together. <laughs> They're John, not capitalized. <laughs> John Local and Jerry competitors. Okay. <laughs> uh, and well, the War Raiders destroyed these two men, and like without breaking a sweat. Oh yeah, this was no work. I think they hit three moves in one, uh, mm-hmm. and then afterwards uh, they said that they wanted to send a message to Alistair Black and Ricochet, but their message was to just watch, send out the next team. So another pair came out. This time, Cesar Bononi and Adrian Jaoud. And they also did not fare very well against the War Raiders. They lasted slightly yeah. longer than John and Jerry, uh, the <laughs> local competitors, but uh, not much longer as the War Ra- no. Raiders kind of quickly defeated them as well. Yeah. Uh, not really a lot to say about this. This was just the War Raiders being like, look how big and tough and scary we are. Build up. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, yeah. They showed a really great hype video for Pete Dunne and Walter. Uh, then Candice LeRae was interviewed about Johnny's main event match against Adam Cole. Uh, and she said that she, uh, you know, she's behind 
Johnny, obviously, but she wants to start focusing on the NXT Women's Championship. This is now the... Thank God, Candice. This is like the second time she's had to do this. Uh, yeah. Because she's so consumed and wrapped up with uh, Johnny's feuds. Uh, she's clearly the only women's locker room who knows that the men's stuff is going on. But, like, she is also a wrestler in her own right. God yeah. damn it, creative. Get in there. Then Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne stroll up. Born and bougie. Born and bougie. Uh, and they called her a failure. And Candace said that she's going to earn her NXT women's title shot. Uh, and she challenges oh. one of them to a, to a fight. And you know what? I they honestly don't. wish I had made a note. Because I remember them, Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne, saying or doing something kind of funny here. But I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I mean, they have good chemistry together, and mm -hmm. they play off each other pretty well. Um, but, I don't know, Candace deserves better. Yeah. I feel bad for her, because I feel like she's always just so involved with Johnny's stuff that they don't, like, take her seriously. Yeah. So. Agreed. Uh, so, then we had Jackson Riker defeating <sighs> Oni Lorcan. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why they're trying to make him a thing. They see stuff in these Forgotten Sons, Jacqueline. I don't know what to tell you. This is a... I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think they're missing the boat here. I don't mm -hmm. think that these guys are going to be hits. So far, they've the been best thing, pretty misses. Pretty big misses. The best thing these guys have done was that promo video with the dumpster fire. Yeah. Foreshadowing, really? foreshadowing their television <laughs> careers, yes. Everything else has been horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only plus side to this is that these two guys beat up on each other pretty good. Yes. Uh, Oni Lorcan is not scared of Jackson Riker, and he just went after this dude. And uh, they pummeled each other uh, quite a bit, uh, but eventually Lorcan was out pummeled and got hit with Riker's sit out choke slam for the three. Uh, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. It happened. Uh, they then showed a tremendous hype video for the Adam Cole-Johnny Gargano match, uh, which featured them obviously talking about... Uh, it covered the things that they brought up in their promo, but it also showed them training very hard for this match. Yes. Adam Cole is doing some CrossFit shit. Yeah, and Johnny Gargano is going old school by traveling back to his hometown of Cleveland going to his hometown uh, city's football stadium and, like, running the steps and doing, like, the old-school <laughs> Rocky Balboa training uh, yeah. to build up the, the necessary stamina for a match uh, that could go as long as a two out of three falls can. Uh, then, this kind of w came out of nowhere. Uh, well, they did do a hype video for Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle as well, which was also pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then they do a recap of the Keith Lee Dominic Dijakovic thing. Yes. Uh, basically saying like, I know we promoted this match as happening, but the week that that match was supposed to happen was the week where Champa got the neck surgery, and they did oh, the big so. five way instead, so the match got bumped. And then Keith Lee, they cut to Keith Lee being interviewed talking about how his match with Dijakovic was bumped from the Takeover show. Uh, but the rematch will finally happen in two weeks. So not I on... am ready for it. Yes. So not on the Takeover Hangover show, 
the week after that. Right. Uh, Kyrie Sane and Bianca Belair was the main event, but it went to a no contest. Uh, they wrestled for a while. It was okay. Uh, yep. but eventually Shayna and company came down and beat up on all of them. Uh, then EO came down to try to make the save for them and a big brawl broke out. And, uh, at this point, the entirety of the women's locker room cleared out, uh, mm-hmm. and we're trying to hold everybody back. EO hit a big moonsault onto everyone on the outside. And then EO posed to the NXT women's championship with Kyrie looking on. So. That was how that one ended. Yes. Uh, overall thoughts on the that episode of NXT? Anything stick out or anything about that main event? No, it was fine. I mean, um, I knew. It was, I mean, they're just building up to the takeover, so yep. It made me be like, all right, I get it. Yep. The more important stuff's happening in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way more important stuff happened. <laughs> Uh, the ending of that show is essentially just a storyline. It wasn't even a... Yeah. Not really a match. Right. Uh, so, now we get to talk about NXT TakeOver New York slash Brooklyn 5. Yes. And before we start talking about these matches, I'm just going to go ahead and say this now, so this way everyone knows just how colored all of my commentary on the show is going to be next. Uh, I can say this. I'm pretty sure, unreservedly, I've tried to think about it for a couple of days, because uh, I've been watching WWF slash E for a very long time, maybe not as long as some, but for a very long time, uh, and I've watched most, if not all, pay-per-view events, I am pretty okay. sure that this is the best big WWE show I've ever seen top to bottom. <laughs> like, Interesting. That's, this is my favorite takeover I've ever seen. And this is better than any WWE big show I've ever seen, top to bottom. So I'm just okay. talking, I'm not talking about like, you know, some people be like, you know, what about this show with these matches? I'm talking about like, from a beginning to end show. Um, there might be shows that I think have more memorable stuff, uh, or things that I might even think are better match-wise or something. I'm just talking about from a beginning to an end standpoint. As like an, as a whole show, I don't think I've seen one as good as this. Uh, pretty crazy. Mm. That uh, is crazy. Yeah. Uh, like for example, I still think Sasha Banks and Bailey at take that the first takeover Brooklyn is the best uh, women's match uh, I've seen in WWE, let alone NXT. And the women's match on this show was not as good as that match. But just mm. because that's the case does not mean I don't think this show was better top to bottom than like say that first takeover Brooklyn show was so uh let's hop into it uh they opened right away with war raiders against uh black and ricochet or blackishay if you will and uh that's not even my favorite team name for them but it seems to be the one the internet has felt like they've settled on so okay uh, that's what we start off with uh you know what at first I, I wasn't sure how much I was going to like this show because the War Raiders came out with their Viking entrance that they did at the last takeover. It's cool, though. Okay, but this time, instead of shields, they had, like, shield drums. Mm-hmm. And I thought they sounded incredibly annoying. Oh, it's because they were off from the crowd. Yeah, they, they were, were not... 
they were off, and I think they were mic'd very directly as well. Like it, they yep. seemed, it seemed louder than the music even. And yeah, I, I mean, then again, I was watching this show. I didn't watch it on TV. I watched it on my computer with headphones on. So maybe that also didn't help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that didn't. Uh, <laughs> so at first I'm like, this is not a good way to start. I'm annoyed by the sound of these things. <laughs> but uh, when Ricochet, like I, I it, it changed very quickly because Ricochet was the next guy out. And mm-hmm. when his music hit... And oh. literally everyone in the building said one and only with his theme song. I'm like, oh, really? my God, this crowd is ready for this. They really were. They this were... crowd was fantastic. And then the match started, Jacqueline. And that's when I realized the crowd only thought they were ready for this. They had no idea what they were about to watch. They No, the... none of us did. <laughs> the story of this match, I think, is that um, the War Raiders wanted to prove that they could be just as flashy as Alistair Black and Ricochet. (laughs) And at least Ricochet wanted to prove that he can be just as strong as the War Raiders. And this was, this match was bonkers. Uh, Really was. Yeah, because Alistair Black is both flashy and strong, so he didn't really have much to prove. (laughs) No, he did not. Uh, I mean... It started out respectful enough at first. Yes. Uh, and then the Ricochet and Alistair Black do this thing where they kind of like parkour off of the War Raiders' backs. They like do this flip thing and land. And then the War Raiders decide they're going to do this to Black and Ricochet. <laughs> and they do it! Yes. And they, they just stare at each other and then they just decide, okay, it's on now. And they just start fighting. <laughs> and then the match never slowed down from there. Um yeah. It was crazy. There is a, I think really the craziest moment is the, the ricochet power spot where Hansen comes flying in at ricochet to like, do like a cross body and ricochet just catches him like for a slam and holds him there and then throws him over his head. Uh, the crowd could not believe what they'd just seen. Uh, this was the, these two, these two teams had amazing chemistry uh, they did yes. some. They did some really great near falls. Uh, Ricochet missed the six thirty, uh, which looks like it hurt really bad. That looks like it hurts really bad as a move to just miss uh, the yes. one where he does the multiple rotation backsplash thing. Uh, that looks like it hurts really bad if no one's there to land on. Uh, and he did. He landed, and no one was there. Uh, they took out Alistair Black and they picked up Ricochet and hit them, uh, hit him with Fallout, their double team move, uh, and they pinned him, won this match, and uh, afterwards they gave Black and Ricochet the ring, where they got their NXT curtain call. Uh, everybody was on their feet cheering. Ricochet was visibly emotional. Oh, he was crying. Yeah, he was. <laughs> It was not easy for him to hold this back. It wasn't. Well, he's only been there for a year. I, almost a year to the day. He uh, he was wrestling a little bit before TakeOver New Orleans, but he made yeah. his television debut there. So Yes. So, how crazy. Um, but I, did, I thought that it was really nice that they let them like go on for a while and things like that. I was yeah. like, that's how you do it. That's respect. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and and you have teams of two good guys, and it was a fantastic match. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I like I had messaged you during this match. I didn't realize you weren't watching yeah. it live. I had messaged you during <laughs> this match saying this is only the first match. I was it hooked. I was yeah. I mean hooked, but I was also a little scared because I'm like, oh my god! Like they've done all this in the first match. The crowd was going completely insane. I'm like, there's no way like the crowd will recover from this. Like, they're going yeah. to be tired just from this match. I couldn't have been more wrong. This crowd right. stayed into this show pretty much throughout. Yes. I do have a question, though. Was Aleister Black ever part of a tag team before? I mean, I'm guessing, like, in the independence, maybe. But never in NXT. He's always been a singles guy. By himself. Because he does... He plays that defensive person very well. Like, when mm-hmm. Ricochet is in the ring and, like, he plays that... Like the outside, oh, make sure no one interjects with him. Yeah, stop the breakup guy. Yeah, yeah, and and he does that very well. So yep. I was like, I wonder if he's done this before. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's teamed up, but I don't think regularly with anybody. He was primarily uh, a, a singles guy. wrestler, even on the independents. So, well, then his instincts are great. Yeah, they're a great team. <laughs> they it really seems, are. It seems weird because they look like they look completely different. Uh, their personality types are completely different. It's really strange. Yep. It's, you know, it's like Undertaker and The Rock being a team. Like, it's just weird. Yeah, it doesn't... It shouldn't work, but it really does. Yeah. It's just one anyway. of those one of those two tastes that taste great together, or however that phrase goes. Like, uh, well, thank you, Ricochet and Aleister Black. We will miss you. Uh, yeah. Piper Niven, Tony Storm were shown in the crowd. Uh, mm. Then we got Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle and for the uh, North American Championship. Velveteen Dream came out to the ring as the Statue of Liberty, kind of. As, <laughs> oh, the Statue of Liberty? Yeah, he had like the crown on and he had like a torch for a minute yeah. and... Um, I love that he, like, had people carrying him out. Like, he just does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, sat on a throne. Sat on a velvety throne as a bunch of big, strong men carried him to the ring. Yes. I love that he's always accompanied by either men or women or both. Like, he doesn't care. He's just a dream. Now, Matt Riddle, people liked him. Yes. But on TakeOver's Velveteen Dream is beloved. Yes. And I need I would like to give Matt Riddle some credit here because in this match uh there's a point where the crowd the crowd was never really booing Matt Riddle until a point in the match. Like they weren't booing him, but they weren't wildly cheering for him either. There were chants for Bro and there were chants for Riddle, but yeah, they were yeah. really drowned out. It was like 80-20 Velveteen Dream fans. Yes. Uh but there's a point where Riddle gets dreamed down by the ropes. And he's elbowing him and elbowing him and elbowing him. And the ref is trying to break it up because they're close to the ropes. Mm-hmm. And Riddle keeps doing it and the crowd starts booing him. Okay. And to Matt, Matt Riddle's credit here, uh, he went with it. He didn't look happy. He wasn't, he, he almost switched character a little bit or he played into how the crowd was reacting. Yes. He wasn't going to he wasn't going to be like I'm still happy smiley bro, won't you be my friend? He was like, "Okay, everyone is booing me right now." So 
he wasn't acting completely like a heel, but he was doing like little subtle things. He wasn't going overboard with it, but he knew the crowd wasn't with him. So he's like, okay, well, if they're going to be behind Velveteen Dream, I'm not going to give them a lot of reasons to try to, I'm not going to try to force their hand to get behind me. I'm just going to go with the flow. Right. Um, Because he's the ultimate bro. Yeah. So they had a really good match. And they did. The highlights here were, uh, the big highlight was for me, they did this great uh, German suplex thing where Dream was on the apron and Riddle gets up on the second rope and suplexes him. He almost lands on his head. It's terrifying. And then Matt Riddle goes up top and does this like twisting senton. Which, by the way, Moro Ronaldo named this move the Floating Bro, <laughs> which is an awesome name. I love Moro so much. Uh, so he got a near fall here. The crowd was going crazy because they've never seen Riddle. They were. Do, they've never seen Riddle do these moves on NXT TV, and they're very impressive looking. So they bought these moves as like this could be the end of the match, but Dream kicks out. Mm-hmm. And then he gets Dream in the bro mission, and the crowd also was like, okay, this could be the end, because he's beaten everybody with this move. Right. But then crafty Velveteen Dream rolls back uh, while the hold is still on and hooks Riddle's leg and pins him. And Matt Riddle is stunned and shocked. He is at first angry because he has lost this match. But then he uh, calms down. And Velveteen Dream extends his fist for a a fist bump. He now respects Matt Riddle. And Matt Riddle fist bumps Velveteen Dream. They are now, at least for tonight, bros. But perhaps perhaps not past this point. Uh, and, And I think they teased it earlier on where Matt wanted to give him the fist bump and Velveteen Dream did not want to do it. Right. I really like this match. I did too. I thought it was fantastic. And I thought these two guys, the way that they were going, they kept like catching each other's moves and then like rever- like using it against them. Yes. It to me it looked like guys who who know each other very well. It was almost like watching like uh um uh not like Ciampa and Gargano, like but someone like that where like you just know like you almost it looks like it was very anticipatory. So I don't know if, it, however, they practiced together or whatever. I thought it was very well done. Yeah, me too. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed this. Uh, so uh, then they showed video footage of earlier today uh, William Regal and Triple H at a contract signing for the newest NXT star, Kushida, who was also shown uh, at ringside and got a very good reaction from the fans. Uh, so, Kushida, for those who are. Uh, unaware is uh, pretty much a long time uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling guy. Uh, he was oh. he was a, a junior heavyweight there, so you know a, a cruiserweight. Although such classifications don't exist in NXT, they don't have like a cruiserweight division there. Uh, right. So that that doesn't matter. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how because I think he'll do good in NXT. He's very, very good at wrestling. Uh, but uh, whether or not... Uh, like, he's always been a colorful character as far as, like, a presentation type. But he's... Uh, as far as, like, his presentation goes. But he's not overly charismatic. He's not, like, Shinsuke's, you know, level of charisma. 
or, you know, even like uh, Kyrie or anything like that. He's much, he's, he's not overly physically charismatic uh, or, or even like in a talking sense. Uh, but he's always just had like a colorful presentation. I guess he's a big fan of Back to the Future, Jacqueline. Uh, uh, his nick, his who, would, who isn't? I know his nickname. Uh, his nickname in New Japan was the Time Splitter, and horrible nickname. Basically, his and um, that's I mean it's Japan. There's loads of nicknames like this, uh, mm. and I think it might be because of translation things maybe uh but he uh his ring gear his ring gear essentially looks like marty mcfly's hoverboard and he would wear like the marty mcfly jean jacket with like the orange life vest in fact one year he uh, uh, like a big new japan show he actually came uh came out in a delorean so (laughs) he loves back to the future so I guess so. Maybe when we see him on another takeover, he'll um, have something flashy. Maybe I, but I don't think that they'll <laughs> shell out for the rights to Back to the Future type things. But that's fair. Look, I'm saying if you're going to shell out money to get Joan Jett for Ronda, I think you can shell out money for Huey Lewis, and we can have Kushida come out to Power of Love. Yeah, or Back in Time. Or Back in Time's even better. But on Power of Love, mm-hmm. I was just thinking. Would be ridiculous, but I like ridiculous sometimes. That's fair. Uh, Pete Dunne and Walter for the WWE United Kingdom Championship was up next. Uh, this was a fascinating match to me on numerous levels. Uh, I did not like it as much as others. Okay. I don't. Here's my thing. I don't like Pete Dunne's style as much as others. I don't care about the finger manipulation or mm-hmm. thing. Like to me, that's like. I don't know. I don't care about it. Yeah. It doesn't seem like wrestling. I have two. So, I mean, I have like two modes of wrestling that I really like. I like really athletic wrestling. And if I'm not going to get really athletic wrestling, I like really hard hitting wrestling. So, well, that's Walter. That's Walter. This, (laughs) this match felt like nothing else on the show. This felt like two dudes fighting each other. Just pummeling each other, going to war. Pete Dunne trying to see if, if, if anything, Pete Dunne's finger manipulation I think works in this match because Walter is bigger than him, and Walter's biggest weapon is his chop. And you're not going to want to chop yes. a dude if your fingers are already dead. Uh, yeah. So He's Pete Dunne so tried. Big, it doesn't matter, right? And, well, it, it you didn't break his wrist. It didn't matter. Yeah. It did not matter because Walter chopped him a lot of times. Yes, uh, you saw Pete Dunne's chest getting red. Yeah, sometimes very loud, sometimes not as loud. All all times, it looked like it hurt. Uh, yes. Here's what really fascinated me uh, about this, because at first, the crowd was it seemingly not very into this match. And right. I was stunned, because everybody was, like, going crazy for Walter's entrance and the Walter video. And, like, clearly people are looking forward to this. Why are they just not into it? And then I think it hit me that, because uh, this seemed to be kind of symptomatic of the weekend, because I was hearing a lot of reports about many of the other shows uh, and independent shows, and a lot of the people going to this NXT show are in the demographic of those who would be attending a lot of the other independent shows. And yes. the crowds on those shows 
seem to be very much into two things, uh, like shtick. So if you've got a wrestler who's got a crazy, goofy thing that they do, uh, doesn't matter sense. doesn't matter how weird it is, people are into it. And the other thing people were into were highly athletic, crazy move, nonstop frenetic matches. This and was not that. This was not that. And I'm like, maybe that's what it is. Like, the crowd is just expecting them to do some crazy stuff. Like, maybe they're expecting Walter to do a shooting star press or something. I'm like, he ain't going to do that, everybody. But by the end of this match... Like, oh, they loved it. Like, the, by the last five minutes, the crowd was way into this. Uh, yeah. My favorite moment, actually, of this match was Pete Dunne spent the whole match getting pummeled by Walter trying to fight back. And at the end, uh, they're doing this exchange where Walter is begging Pete Dunne to hit him. So Pete hits him and then Walter chops him. And then Walter begs him to hit him again. Uh, but then at some point, Pete Dunne starts fighting through the chops. Like Walter will yes. chop him, but Pete Dunne won't go backwards. He goes forwards towards Walter, even after absorbing the chop and hits him so much so that he ends up backing Walter up into the ropes uh, I thought that was uh, a really great, like, good guy fighting, like an underdog fighting back uh, yeah. against the big bully guy moment. Uh, I guess the the only really big crazy move in this match is when, and it was pretty crazy, is when Walter power bombs Pete Dunn off of the second rope, yeah, and just launches him. Oh, he threw him like a rag doll. It was crazy, and then Walter goes up top and does a huge big splash. Uh, yes. And as someone pointed out, the best thing, and I agree, I like this about Walter's Big Splash, is that it's not a pretty Big Splash. He looks like a truck falling oh. off a cliff. Yep. Which yes, is, he does. Which is actually kind of great. It sort of fits with Walter. Yeah. Uh, and he pinned Pete Dunn, and he won the title, ending a very long title reign from Pete Dunn, of a great title reign, and basically the title reign that helped him establish... The NXT UK brand. UK, yes. So I really like yeah. this. I'm curious as to your thoughts because you're you're not a huge fan of Dunn's style. I'm not. So I didn't like this as much as most people liked mm-hmm. any reviews or things. Um, it was. I mean, it was entertaining. Yeah. I but like I went out of it towards the middle. Like to me, this was almost too long. Yeah, I was like, I don't need all. This. Oh, you know what? I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think they maybe went a little too long as well. But um, I mean, towards the end, it got me back into it, and I was just like, well, like you, so you have the capability to have like this crazy match, and I get like endurance and all this and that, but at the same time, like you could have started big too. Yeah, I don't know. It I just feel never like I feel like Walter and Pete Dunne were intent on getting the people into this match, and they just weren't going to end the match until they did. Maybe. So, but then start... I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. I, but, I mean, that's just not Walter. Walter's style is... I mean, people have pointed out that Walter would have been a great foreign menace bad guy in the 70s. Exactly as he is now. Yeah. So he's very oh, much yeah. a throwback. He's... he's a, And he's very... Um, he has a slow and steady style. Yeah. Uh, is what it is. Edge and Beth Phoenix were shown sitting at ringside. Are they married? They are indeed married. They have two daughters. Okay. Aww. Uh, NXT Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kyrie Sane in a four-way. Uh, 
this was actually, again, I feel like I'm going to sound horrible by saying this, but this was the weakest match on the show, I thought. But it was a really good match. Because like I said, this to me, this is the best WWE show I've seen from top to bottom. To me, this was the weakest match on the show, and I thought it was very good. Yes. I didn't think it was... I enjoyed it. Um, okay. I probably enjoyed this one the most. I think because with this match, I think you had what like the last match was lacking, and that you had like someone who flies. You had the strong person. Like you mm-hmm. had like every wrestling style, yeah, um, portrayed in the ring in the four different women who were yeah. part of this. And to me, that was kind of cool, yeah, because they don't really overlap all that much, yeah. Uh, I agree. I think that uh, in in that regard, it was a it was a good idea for the four way. Ultimately, yes. I still think this would have been better if it was just Shayna and Io, uh, mostly because four ways tend to be big, big move matches, and Shayna is not a big move wrestler. She no, she's not. Does not do big moves. She punishes you. And then she chokes you out. It's not really suited for, you know, people come in and they do some really impressive stuff. And then some more people come in and they do something really impressive. And then they all get together and do something really impressive. Um, that's not really Shayna's style. Uh, it's, it's not, but it did kind of work. Like when she had Bianca, like by the hair and like whipped her around and stuff. Like, yes. So they made it work. Yeah. Um, the I think the highlights for the crowd uh, and for me, of course, as well, was when Sky Pirates are either working together or when they were facing off with one another, although they only gave you a small taste a of bit. them yeah, uh, facing each other. And they broke up each other's pins. Uh, each of them hit their move on Shayna, and then the other one would break it up. Uh, Which is pretty crazy to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, every woman for herself when it's uh, for are, a singles title, I guess. Are the Sky Pirates dying? I hope not. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard, Jacqueline. Don't say something like that. Uh, Are they going to be enemies now? True, oh my God, I hope one of them does a heel turn. True, Come on. True highlight of the match. Well, if it's going to be one of them, it has to be Io. I don't know if Kyrie could ever be bad, to be honest with you. but I think that would be a good challenge for her. It would be a challenge, that's for sure, uh, for a character. I think, she should, I think she should do it. Oh, my God. The evil pirate? Or do you think she just stops being a pirate and she becomes something else? She just stops being a pirate. She becomes like an assassin. The pirate thing is dumb. She becomes an assassin. Uh, She doesn't need to have a thing. (laughs) Yeah, Eo's not really a thing. Eo is just the genius of the sky. She's very good at flying. She is. And that's her character. Uh, Most impressive thing in this match, by leaps and bounds, not even a question, Bianca Belair getting both sky pirates on her shoulders for a double KOD. And I'm like, when she when she's going for this, because uh, she picks up EO and then she's headed to the corner, I'm like, oh man, she's going to try it on both of them. And I had no doubt in my mind that she could get them both on her shoulders, but I'm like, yes. this is going to look bad when she tries to do this move, because she's moving, I mean, I know those girls aren't that heavy, but trying to move that much weight in a complicated wrestling move and have mm-hmm. it turn out okay, I don't see this happening. She did it perfectly. It looked awesome. It looked so good. She looked she looked so much better here than she did at the last takeover. Absolutely. Yeah. So and and um and she's still pretty new and young. So yep. like I'm she's I think she's gonna go 
a lot of places. So uh, Bianca hits both Sky Pirates with the KOD at the same time, and then she goes to pin Eo, but Shayna comes in, kicks her in the chest, puts her in the Kirifuda clutch, and Bianca tries to escape, but she cannot and has to tap out. And kind of in a surprise, I think, Shayna retains here. I think both of us uh, picked Shayna to lose, I think. so. I think no, we both picked Eo. I know you said I you wanted, wanted. I wanted her to win, but I didn't let her retain. So I'm really yeah. happy they did what I wanted here. Yes, yes. Um, because I was yes, and uh, you know, it was one of those things where I, it it kind of felt like a weird ending that they would have in a four way someone tap. But I was like, that's so on brand for Shayna that I guess it makes sense. Yeah, she was not going to pin somebody for sure. Yeah, I think if it was any other person, I'd be like, that was dumb. Like, for her, it made sense. And also, she did it without anyone interrupting. So, yeah. bravo. The, uh, I think this pretty firmly cements Bianca as being out of the title picture. And mm-hmm. uh, I think this was very clearly done to keep Kyrie and Io up there. Because mm-hmm. uh, they can be like, look, you beat Shayna, but you didn't beat me or Kyrie. So, right. uh, there is still that. Uh Next up, main event time, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, two out of three falls for the NXT Championship. This match, what a tale. This is almost like a tale of two matches for me. Yes. Uh, In a couple of ways. So they come out, Johnny Gargano is in his Iron Man cosplay. Yeah. Uh, He's a Marvel guy, every, uh, a, a new Marvel character, every takeover. And... Uh, this time he is Iron Man, signifying that this match could be long. And it was pretty long. Uh, <laughs> but then Adam Cole came out, Jacqueline. And this man, <laughs> if there is such a thing as a wrestling god, it was Adam Cole in this building. <laughs> for sure. Everyone loved him. <laughs> they were going so crazy for him. And they were all Adam Cole throughout the first two falls of this match. And I don't know how you felt about watching. I'm watching this. I'm expecting a great match, not even a very good match. I'm expecting a great match. And I'm watching these first two falls and I'm like, Oh, they're, they're starting pretty slow, but you know, they're probably going three falls. So it's going to build. So I'll give it some time to build. And then the first fall happened and I'm like, okay, well that was okay. Time to start picking Mm -hmm. it up. Here we go. And they're in the second fall. (laughs) And it's still feeling like it's not like a bad match. They're not having a bad match. But it feels like it just, it feels like they're going at 50%. It is the Dunn versus Walter match for you. Like, that's what that was for me. This is how it started for you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they're going 50% here. And I'm just like, oh, oh boy. Okay. And, you know, they Mm -hmm. get the second, Johnny gets the second, so Adam Cole gets the first fall with the last shot, the knee strike to the back of the head, and uh, Johnny gets the second fall with the Gargano escape, and they do the, they do the submission like the one where the bad guy taps out right away, he doesn't try to fight it, because he knows he's already up one, they mentioned this on the commentary, he's already up one, so... He needs the air for the third fall. Yeah, he doesn't want to take any more damage than is necessary. He's just going to give up right away. Um, So, going into this third fall, 
I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do here, but they're going to have to do something amazing to make up for these first two falls because so far I'm not all that impressed. Uh, right. But then this third fall, Jacqueline, was like a whole nother match on a whole yeah. nother level from a whole nother planet. It was like the match restarted. <laughs> yeah, this was crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it's like they, they flipped a switch. Uh, they were wrestling at a completely different pace. Uh, the crowd was losing their minds throughout this match. And the story of this third fall was that Johnny Gargano decided that there's nothing that Adam Cole could do to him that would defeat him. Like he was going to come back no matter what Adam Cole threw at him. And that's what happened. Uh, I mean, they did a bunch of great near falls, but then they did, uh, they finally have Gargano getting Cole in the Gargano escape when uh, Strong and O'Reilly and Fish, they come out to try to distract the referee. <laughs> uh, really quick, though, Kyle O'Reilly had one of my favorite moments of the night with, like, a Three Stooges-esque eye poke. Uh, yes, that was at first when Roderick comes up and distracts the ref. Yeah, yeah. And Kyle just gets in there and pokes Johnny in the eye while he's in the Gargano escape. I'm like, what the hell? And Adam Cole hits his Panama Sunrise, like his flipping pile driver, which he's only used once in WWE. So the crowd was going crazy for this, and Johnny Gargano kicked out of it. And it was at this point that Roderick Strong tried to interfere again. Adam kicked Johnny into the ref. And Mm -hmm. so Roderick is, like, pointing at Kyle. And there was another great Kyle moment when Kyle realizes the ref is down and he and Bobby can go double team. He's got this look on his face like, (gasps) Christmas is here. (laughs) He had an awesome look on his face. Kyle and Bobby Fish get in the ring and they do the high-low double team finisher to Johnny. And he kicks out of that. And Johnny then backdrops Adam Cole onto all the Undisputed Era on the outside. He throws Adam Cole back in, but he's about to go back in, but then he stops. He's like, I gotta take care of these assholes. So he throws Roderick into the post. Uh, He kicks Bobby (laughs) Fish. Then he does this crazy DDT to Kyle O'Reilly where he kicks off of the ring apron, but then kicks Roderick Strong, who's running back at them at the same time, and then DDTs him. Kyle O'Reilly parkour stuff right there the crowd's going crazy at this by the way they're going bonkers and he gets into the ring and as soon as he does adam cole super kicks him in the face super kicks him in the back of the head and then gives him a last shot in the back of the head and then he kicks out of that and the crowd is jumping up and down and screaming and uh cole screws up like cole tries to do it one more time but johnny moves out of the way puts him in the gargano escape and adam cole taps out And this match that started with the crowd loving Adam Cole was now actively jumping (laughs) up and cheering for his loss. This was true. It was was, was a good loss. Yeah, this was tremendous. Johnny Gargano wins the NXT Championship. Uh, Candice LeRae comes out to celebrate with him. And, of course, because it's NXT, we get our post-credit scene as the whole show-ending credit thingy shows up on the bottom of the screen. And Tommaso Ciampa comes out in his neck brace. Uh, And Johnny Gargano even says, he's behind me, isn't he? Uh, You can see him mouth this. And he turns around. To Candice, yeah. Yeah, and he turns around and there's Ciampa 
And of course, he hugs Johnny Gargano because they embrace. Uh, and Candice comes in and hugs him, and they're all back together. I would like to imagine that uh, this is because Champa has undergone uh, some sort of uh, epiphany after his neck surgery, <laughs> uh, and, possi- sure. and possibly, believe it or not. Uh, there is actually some question as to whether or not he might be able to return. Uh, really? There is some concern that it might not heal properly enough, that he might not be able to come back. Uh, oh, no. So I should have I should have actually sent you this video uh, that I had watched. It was from the WWE PC YouTube channel, which, by the way, is continuing to be amazing. They are doing some really amazing behind-the-scenes pieces on the wrestlers. Uh, some of it's just like fun stuff, like Ricochet and Casey Catanzaro go to like a trapeze school, uh, like (laughs) fun stuff like that. Uh, but some of it is like this really personal, emotional stuff. And they are doing this two part series on Champa's surgery. And I watched the first part and I am not ashamed to say that I weeped watching this. Because uh, I did Aww. well, because I did not know the story. I did not know the story that they told. This story wasn't really about his surgery. Um, they showed okay. like a video package a couple weeks ago about him going into surgery, and he's got a little baby um, that him and his wife just had. Uh, but Aww. this, the first piece of this documentary that they're doing was essentially about his child. Had no idea of the story behind this. So um, first things first. He's got this little baby on his lap. He's sitting in his hospital bed waiting for surgery. And he says, you're the real Goldie. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is the nicest man ever. He's talking to his little girl. But then he talks talks about how his uh, he and his wife had been trying to have a baby for years and, oh my gosh, we're getting so off topic. Yeah, no this this works. This works. Trust okay. me, it fits. It fits into the end of the show. Uh, okay. Him and his wife had been trying to have a baby for years, and she would have miscarriages, like miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage, and they were they started doing in vitro, and oh my god, they were basically down to like their her last, um like her last egg, I guess her last embryo. And that's where this baby came from a healthy birth. And it's like their miracle baby. And she had, and they're telling the story in this documentary that while this was all going on, he had gotten hired to NXT and had to move to Florida. Uh, but because of the nature of her previous pregnancies, she had, she she had to stay back in Milwaukee. So he went and moved in with Johnny and Candace who had, were just Aww. newlyweds and this is how they all became like big friends <laughs> and i want to believe jacqueline that going through this surgery reminded him of where he came from and he just had an epiphany that he's Aww. been horrible like i to think his it, best friend it, you can make it work i think you can because some people are like this doesn't make any sense i'm like i think if you watch this video of champa's surgery thing you're gonna feel so bad for him that you're gonna like, you're gonna like retcon this in your mind to like make it work that they're just <laughs> friends now. Uh, it was a beautiful oh. ending. I like, I liked that match a lot. It was good. It wasn't my favorite of the night, but I thought it was a good match. Yeah. Uh, so, what would you give 
this NXT takeover. We're not going to rate the regular NXT show this week, but no, what would no, you rate this matter. this takeover on a one to five scale? Think you we know where I'm the headed. Quarter, we go on the quarter scale. We are doing a quarter scale, yeah. I'll do four and a quarter. Okay, I think you know where I'm headed with this one. It's, You're going for a full on five. It's a big. It's a big old five. All five yeah. fingers. Uh, All five. Four fingers and a thumb. Uh, yeah. So, and I think for me, the reason why bigger was because I didn't watch it live and I had a bit of the wrestling fatigue when I watched some of these matches. Yeah, so you <laughs> yes, yeah. ja- everyone, Jacqueline told me before we started recording that she watched this after Wrestlemania. So it was, a, that was, a, that's on me. That's a big mistake. That's on me. <laughs> Although I don't know, I don't know. It's a, sometimes I feel like it's a big mistake to watch TakeOver and then decide I'm going to watch all of Wrestlemania like I did because that was yeah. a mistake. Cause you well, get yeah, because so then you're just let down by everything. Yeah, you're so used to, like, this high <laughs> bar. Uh, and in NXT, people wrestle. Like, they did They did matches on this show. A lot of the matches on WrestleMania all felt very similar in a lot of ways. Yes, and they were, yeah. nothing was anything like anything on the NXT show. And Correct. they don't really let people wrestle like that on Raw and SmackDown for some reason. Which is a- Damn shame. They don't have a lot of diversity in the styles on that show, but... No, they don't. Anyway, it was a, a great night. Uh, it's next, good. Next week is the Hangover show we're going to talk about. Uh, we'll talk <sighs> about both shows, I think. Uh, but not most of the NXT show proper this uh, this coming week will be uh, highlight videos of what happened at TakeOver. Right, right. With some relatively short TV matches. So we will talk about NXT UK largely, I think. Um, next week. Has it been a while since you've watched a whole episode of that? Yes. So it, Yes, but it'll be fun because I'm going to come be, in like completely almost, blind to storylines. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because stuff has shaken up since the, the UK takeover uh, that they awesome. did. Uh, we That may have been the last thing that we covered uh, in full from so. them. So, yeah, things have, things have changed uh, pretty heavily from that show. It'll be I'm ready. It'll be interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, before we get going, we should thank uh, the sponsors for this week's episode. Everybody, surprise, it's Fandango. We've gone back to what? Fandango. That's right, everyone. Cinemageekly.com slash Fandango. Uh, the king of online ticket sales and whatnot. Uh, everybody who bought their endgame tickets, setting all those records, they probably did it through Fandango. Uh, and you can get yours, too. Cinemageekly.com slash Fandango or click the Fandango link at the top of the page of cinemageekly.com uh, to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Uh, and while you're at the website, you can uh, check out the archives of the show and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and uh, Stitcher. Just search for What Comes NXT and hit subscribe. Uh, that way you can hear us come back. Uh, next time, we're going to be mostly talking about uh, NXT UK TV uh, with a main event of, I believe, Ginny taking on Tony Storm for the NXT UK Women's Championship. 